Welcome back, everyone, to Finishing Well Podcast. We're glad to have you here with us today. Hope you're having a good day. My name is Randy Hess, and uh, I'm pleased to be here with my good friend, Hal Habaker, as we talk about the subject of Finishing Well. Hal's the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, uh, and we've been talking about this now for like, uh, I'm going to say six or seven years almost, Hal. Anyway, uh, we're, if you are 65 or older, uh, we have, you're kind of our target group, so to speak, and we think it's uh, worthwhile for you to at least uh, perhaps think through issues and challenges and concerns, and if you have them, about finishing well, finishing your life well, um, and the fun and the joy that comes from doing that. And if you're younger than that, we also agree that uh, it's really a value for you to, to start thinking about your life in terms of how you want to work it right now uh, to finish well, how you want to set things up or establish whatever relationships. So we're glad to have you here to talk about those kinds of things in our podcast. And I'm glad to be here with you, Hal. We've been doing this for a while now, and uh, I think we're getting better at it. I'm not sure how good we are, but we're getting better. <laughs> well, we're at least discussing it and growing from our conversations. And That's true. Uh, but by, by the way, I, j- I just think that everybody needs that. You meet a you you meet a need in my life, Randy, as a friend, and you mine. By the way, so we we continue to journey together. And you know, one of the things about finishing well, I always say it's about living well, and we all need f- close friends to help us to have insight into our lives. So I would hope that these podcasts would trigger ideas. Uh, and you're a part of a small group, hopefully out there, uh, and there are people who you're conversing with, thinking about life with in these aging years, in these elder years, that are stimulating to help you grow and live well and finish well in this season of life. I mean, I think that's what our dream would be. I mean, that's what our desire, part of our work, to encourage you to live well. Yep. We'd love to have you talking about what it takes to finish well talk with somebody else about that or several Absolutely. friends. And uh, as you have opportunities, you listen to these, give us some feedback, give us uh, some ideas that, that you talk about or that you'd love to hear us talk about and let's keep helping each other. So today, Randy, uh, this topic, you know, topics in life come a lot of different ways. I, I, I listened to a sermon on May the 2nd and it was entitled drifting. Don't drift in your spiritual life. And I've thought about that. I've been thinking about that. And I, that, that's the topic that I want to address today and reflect on. You know, let's not drift or be aimless about the tasks that are ours, the work that is ours in, in our lives that God entrusts to us. And re- really, it applies to anybody. I mean, it applies to teenagers. Teenagers can drift. You know, at every season of your life, you can drift in all kinds of different ways. So let me just put out some uh, metaphors, not metaphors, but illustrations in life about drifting to kind of get this in our minds. You know, there are people we call drifters that they just drift in life. 
I mean, they don't have, they're, they're rather aimless, you know, um, maybe they're homeless or people who just drift in life or, you know, you wonder about people, where are they heading? What's their goal? What are they doing? It's a day-to-day thing, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Whatever the needs are, they just drift from one thing to the next. They drift from one job to another, you know, And, and in a sense, there's nothing wrong with that, but it gets to the idea of why did God put you here? And what is your purpose for living? Well, it's maybe there's nothing wrong with it, Hal, but it's certainly not a uh, joyful, encouraging existence, I would say. Well, it's not encouraging to people who are depending on you and you don't know where you're headed. It's like the old adage, you aim at, noth- you, you aim at nothing and you hit it every time. Right. I mean, you're a drifter. You live without a purpose. Right. I think of it in the water, you know, with a river or an ocean and a river, if you just drift along with the current, you know, you don't resist out there. I mean, you're, you're being carried along by the current of the river. You don't fight it. You just go wherever it goes. Yep. I even think spiritually on that, where Paul says in Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world. You know, our world is drifting or has drifted away or rejected. I mean, it starts with drifting, but at a certain point, you make a clear rejection of biblical values and the anchor point of Christ running your life and being God-centered. There are rivers in Texas where people tube down them just drifting. Yeah, just and, and enjoying the ride. That. Yeah, they, they, they go as families, but that's what they do is they go to drift for 20 miles or so. And that's fun. <laughs> Drifting for, for the purposes of hanging out with your family, but yep. they're not fighting the current at all. And you're just going where the river takes you. That's it. You know, I think I'm a sailor. I've, I love to sail. In sailing, uh, if you don't have your sails up, if you're not hanging on to the tiller, you, you know, harnessing the wind and moving that sail, but you're, you're just kind of drifting out there in the ocean. Where will it take you? Well, it might wash you up in the shore might wash you up in a reef. I mean, you don't want to drift. Right. Uh, Having an anchor in life will keep you from drifting. It'll keep a sailboat stable or a boat out there in the ocean. You let your anchor down and there's a place to hang on to in life. But if you don't have an anchor, you drift. Mm -hmm. I think about it in flying. Uh, We all have friends who are pilots and you're, you fly, uh, by the directives that you, you know, the vectors, the destination. And if you drift off course, <laughs> you may end up at a place you never intended to go. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, the examples out there about drifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and anything else you think of, Randy, that gives you an image of drifting before we delve into some specifics on this? I think people do see drifting. Some people see it as a positive because they say that's I'm carefree. That means I'm carefree. If I'm drifting, uh, I've got I've gotten I don't have a care in the world, and uh, you know somebody's taking care of me. <laughs> wonder who that is. I wonder wonder how I'm being taken care taken care of, and. Uh, but I'm, but I'm so glad I don't have to think about that. Anyway, it's an aimless, purposeless, as you said, Hal, aimless, directionless life. If, if that's the life that you are in right now, um, we hope, we're glad you're listening. Thank you for being here. And maybe 
will give you some little spark of encouragement to think that through. Right? That's all we're trying to do today. We are. In this sermon that I listened to, the the preacher used this phrase, we don't drift towards holiness or spiritual maturity. You know, what is it that God wants to do in our lives? I would say, we don't drift towards Christ-likeness. Why is that, Hal? Why is that? Is it because of the culture we live in, the times we live in? Why wouldn't we drift towards holiness? Well, I, I, I think at any age, Satan does, he, he, he encounters us, and he doesn't want us to be like Christ. He doesn't want us to see God's purpose in our life. So if he can tempt us to stay neutral, and by the way, there is no neutrality. If you're not growing or pressing on towards holiliness or godliness or righteousness or Christ-likeness, you're going the other way. You're and drifting Satan backwards, has, right? You, yes, you are. That's what you're probably doing. I think of the words of the hymn writer, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I think sin's test tendency is to keep us drifting, okay. not to stay focused on what it is okay. God has for us to yeah, do. Yeah, I see. Yep. Yep. Uh, staying po- focused on Ephesians 2.10, what is God's purpose for us? For we are created with with good works in mind. We are his workmanship, created for good works, which God ordained. If I drift, I, I may never focus on those. You know, I think about it in marriage or any kind of relationships in family. Marriages, the marriage relationship can drift. In fact, it can drift apart so radically that the marriage breaks. Yep. And that's just, that's, I mean, you've seen that over and over, Hal. It's just so sad. It is so sad, especially as you get to be the senior level age and see that happen. Oh my goodness. It's, it's not, it's, it's just heartbreaking. By the way, there are an increasing number of marriage failures once you reach the other side of 55 in our culture. That number continues to grow because people drift yeah. apart in a new season of life without understanding what their individual missions are or what their collective mission is. Right. You know, because if you don't work at your marriage, you, you drift apart. And it's something that, I mean, you can do it spiritually. You can drift in your love for Jesus. You can become neutralized and not have a deep affection. Outside of our relationship with the Lord, that's that's our most important relationship right there. I mean, it's the most crucial relationship to everything. It really is. And we let it drift. We let we don't pay attention. <laughs> I mean, I'm the worst. We don't pay enough attention to it. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You, you don't drift in your relationship with Jesus. You think of the first and second great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's intentional living. That's not drifting at all. I, I think of staying focused on the first essential in life. I mean, the, our six essentials continue to grow. I think of Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, God doesn't want us to drift in our relationship with him. He doesn't want us to drift from our purpose that he has planted for us to complete. Um, I think of uh, Hebrews 11. 
what, what does it mean to live by faith? Mm-hmm. You know, living by faith means that there is an objective out there. You hope in what God has promised for you. You live your life for it, and you don't drift from that purpose. You know, Abraham and Sarah, Abel, Enoch, you write down the list. The writer of Hebrews has a whole list of people who did not drift in their lives. They lived with a single-minded purpose of following God's call in their lives, and they didn't drift from it. What I'm hearing, Hal, in your heart about this message is that if you drift, it may seem comfortable for a while. May seem you may be tired of having responsibility for stuff. And you you're drifting in life now. You're you're maybe your maybe your retirement years, you're able to do that, so to speak. And you just don't need to think about anything. You don't have a care in the world. But what happens during that drifting period is maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think drifting can lead kind of to all kinds of actually more difficult positions. And I, th- I think of drifting as leading to stumbling and then falling. You know, drift means I can hit rocks. I can hit tough. I can hit uh, pitfalls. And I can stumble big time. And how can I stumble? Well, I can stumble in my relationship with my wife. I can stumble in my relationship with my kids, uh, grandkids, friends. Yeah. Uh, I hope I can maintain my relationship with the Lord. But, you know, even that's possible. I could stumble there, as you said, Hal. So I think what, what you're bringing up here is that we mindlessly proceed as if everything is fine. And if I'm out playing golf or if I'm in my sailboat, or of traveling, whatever I'm doing that I think is allowing me to be have more fun and be carefree, uh, I may need to just keep my eye on the ball, so to speak, uh, of what my life is about, and uh, not let that get too far removed from from the center, the core of my life. You know, when you say that, Randy, I think of what Peter's admonishment is. I think it's in 1 Peter 5. He says, be sober-minded. Be aware that the devil is out there like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So when I drift, I mean, I'm not very sober-minded. I'm just drifting along. It's like falling asleep in your boat in the ocean, and you wake up and you say, where am I? Mm Mm-hmm. And I also want to say, uh, you know, when I drift, and there's not one of us who doesn't drift in life. I mean, in some ways, we even drift spiritually. None of us are steadfast totally. Uh, you know, we wake up and, you know, what do you do when you drift? Well, you recognize it and you turn your life, you repent and say, God, forgive me for drifting. I want to finish well. I want to live well. I want to recapture what it is you laid hold of me to do. You know, it's like, I think of that in um, Philippians 3, where Paul says that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ. 
you know, as I think about him and I think about drifting, it just came to my mind. You remember Peter drifted in terms of what God wanted him to do in living by faith. He, he, he slid back into legalism. And Paul says, Peter, you can't do this. You can't drift back into legalism. We were saved by grace, and we're not saved by what we do. And he confronts him. So that's what our mission is with each other, I think, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if we have, hopefully, this will encourage people, boy, i got to kind of keep up my friendships. i got to be able to talk to people, talk to people that, I know care about me. I know that have a, that believe in the Lord, and in those conversations, you know, I can maybe find out a little more about how I how I'm conducting myself by just listening to my friends. And uh, even though they're on my side, so to speak, they are in a position to speak into my life, maybe more than other people, more than more than you know more than I realize. And so all I'm saying, Hal, is that's, I think part of what we ask is that if you can build your relationships and reach out to people, you you actually benefit from that and they benefit from that. That's And, and we can encourage one another in not drifting. I can't agree more. Let, let me wrap it up with just a thought that I think applies to all of us in this season of life. I I am where I am because of older people who have mentored me and poured their lives into me and as such encourage me not to drift. You know, what is it, Hal, that God put in your heart to do? And I want to encourage you as an older guy. And my life is I, I could reel off five or six key men who are 20, 30 years older than me who have poured their lives into me. And it has helped immensely in staying focused on what God's tasks are for me. I'm indebted to them forever. So one of the things we can do at our own season of life, not only not to drift personally, but to stay focused on God's mission, but to help others coming behind us to realize what it is that God wants them to do and pour our lives into encourage them to do that. So thanks for listening today. I, I hope this idea of drifting settles in your mind and your heart a little bit and a little self-examination, a little encouragement, and let's build the kind of relationships with our peers, with others, with our spouses, with our families, and stay focused on not drifting on the target, being intentional about what God has encouraged us to be and to do. And may God's spirit help you in that way as we live our lives for him and his purposes, as Paul said, for us to live as Christ and to die is gain. Does that make sense, Randy? Amen. Well, God bless you and may God encourage you and let's stay focused on living our lives well for Christ. Have a blessed day. <music>